Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 358, the Alaskan Two-Bucket Turkey. And I am your co-host, and the guy who has begun the conversion and I'm your co-host and the guy who has begun building his shrine. Oh, you have a new addition to the backyard? Oh, yeah. My building has arrived. Electricity going to it today. So I got a portable building, 12 by 24. So it's pretty good size. And got it set up in the yard on blocks. It's all nice and level. And got electricity run out there today. I'm doing a bunch of outlets because I believe you cannot have enough outlets and it's going to be my shrine to all things turkey now that i'm getting kicked out of the house because we're having a daughter well i'm excited you've been waiting on this to arrive for how long Mm, three months probably yeah so it's you know just like everything else on earth right now if you want something you better be ready to wait for it because everything's backed up (laughs) don't have enough people in the in the labor market and don't have enough resources or you know whatever it may be everything's jacked up the supply chain and delivery and everything seems to just be slow so it took a while but really happy with the final product that they gave me and i'm excited to get it started so i'm gonna do barn wood across the back wall have 49 fan mounts back there one day and Mm -hmm. then i'm gonna have all my beards and spurs hanging on the two side walls and I decide what else I'm going to go with. You know, maybe a poker table, maybe a pool table, somewhere to sit and watch football. It's going to be my new podcasting studio. It's going to be all things turkey in this building. Well, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, I know. I'll I'll post some pictures of it once I get this done so folks can see it and send you some updates along the way, Andy. But I'm pretty excited. I I think think it's going to be a cool project. Be sure you do before and after pictures. Yeah, there you go. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'll call it strut time. Oh, I like it. <laughs>
be the new podcasting studio, man. I can't wait. It's going to be nice. Put Hopefully there's sign, not a bad echo. Put you a sign on the door that says, no hens allowed. They, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I figure it'll be a good turkey room until Josie gets about three years old and wants a dollhouse, and then I'll have to move everything out and just put it in boxes. Well, yeah, then you'll just be, I guess, stuck living out of your vehicle. Yeah, the women will throw me out of here. Me and the dogs. Yep, especially you. Yeah, especially me. Mm-hmm. What What are you converting to? I, I wasn't aware that you were in a life conversion. Yes, the motorcycle is under conversion. Oh. Mm-hmm. The, little, the new motor has arrived. Oh, a little more power? More power, for sure. Longer Six lasting. times. Ooh. Well, five times the power. Wow. The, yeah. the turkeys won't even see you coming. You're just going to be like a flash of lightning striking on the roads of Puerto Rico. They're not only not going to see me coming, but when they start to run off because there's a bobcat chasing them, I'll be able to outrun them. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about the bobcat getting me. Dude, there you go. That's a new strategy that needs to be employed these days because we have to kill turkeys at all costs. Just get something faster than they can go and you just outpace them and kill them that way. I like it. Yeah. So (laughs) I am ordering the battery tonight, the motor and the new, I'm going to call it a computer for the bike showed up last week and I have stripped her down. She is naked in the garage and I will begin to dip her into i decided not to go mossy oak bottomland <gasps> yep yep i said that's what i was gonna do but i found some tree bark looking Ooh, camo old school man that's cool on the interwebs and that's what i'm dipping her in is the tree bark camo so it's pretty darn well i'll say this it's good looking camo whether it's going to be good looking on the bike depends on how well i dip or don't dip yeah and you know it's well this is my first real hydro dipping project so i'm going to dip a few other things just to get a little experience at it and then the bike will be next just dip random things around the house you know like a cereal box there you, you know, some utensils, maybe like three forks. One of Tammy's earrings. Twelve spoons. Yeah, just random. I, I like it. Next yeah. time I come to your house and there's just, you know, old school bark camo random items, I'll know what happened. Exactly. Don't, just don't park on a tree that looks like that bark or you might not find it. But I'm, I'm really curious as to how it all turns out and, you know how cost-effective this is at creating a turkey-killing silent machine. Oh, know? well, this is, I don't believe it's going to be all that cost-effective, but mm. if it's effective, then, then it I'm works. cool with that. Yeah. Cool. I mean, what I have now is cost-effective, but my issue with it is the hills. You just want more, man. Yeah, so... I get a little more power behind her, then I shouldn't have to help help her up the hills any at all. She should just fly right on over them, and I'll ramp down the other side. Yeah, there you go. That's cool. I'm I'm interested to follow along. We both have projects going in the off season. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, yeah, you don't have long to wrap yours up, and I've got less time to wrap mine up. I'm now under 200 days. At 197, 11, 41, and 34. Mm, That just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? 197, just over six months. That's awesome. That's hard to believe. We're at 205, 11 hours and 32 minutes for me. Still opening day in my home state, but hopefully I'll get to start a little early somewhere. That's unbelievable. We're in the hundreds. I have my tally going at work on my whiteboard every day that I look at. So I'm we're closing in, man. Fall turkey season's starting to come in in some places. I know Colorado just opened up to fall hunting, and there's a yep. couple other places opening up for archery fall hunting, you know, this time of year. So people will be back in the turkey woods soon. 
No doubt about it. And that's another good little segue. So speaking of turkey woods, we have a interesting hunt. Really? Yeah, we'll call it a hunt, even yeah. though it involved a vehicle a and a little traveling between part A and part B. Yeah. And the background for this crazy title we just put on the, on the show. <laughs> I did not hunt the turkey with two buckets. You know, I, I well, actually, I hunted a turkey that the turkey that had two buckets beat. But we talked about this on the show. I think we, we talked about yeah. it a couple episodes ago. I don't even remember. Maybe it was a turkey soup episode when we talked about the two bucket turkey. But this trip involved both of us. And so if you haven't gathered, we're doing a live hunt this week. And this was from this past turkey season in Alaska. And Andy and I met up in this region of Alaska to hunt. And we had just finished hunting in one area and completed the task there. And the other area was opening day the next morning. Mm -hmm. And so we had to stop at noon anyway. And so we went scouting obviously that afternoon for the opening day the next day and both of us needed this province in order to complete the super slam and so we're we're both hot on the heels and you technically were up to bat because i had just killed in the previous province yeah and so we went to a farm that you secured permission through one of your friends yankee john who got his permission through a farmer or something and Anyway, we have permission to hunt this farm, and we get there. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to, like, just remember everything that happened. So the first time we went on there, we drove up on a strutter, like, right in front of the truck. Oh, yeah. And he dipped off the woods, and we drove around some more. You got us stuck. I do remember that. Allegedly. In John's truck. <laughs> on the slickest piece of ground. I mean, when I say slick, I mean, like, flattest piece yeah. of ground you could find it was and and you also like i'm talking hit it going maybe <laughs> a half a mile an hour <laughs> i'm just trying to take care of john's truck i mean really that's all it boils down to so i'm i'm gonna jump in and, and interrupt cameron real quick because <laughs> we <laughs> we are legit stuck i oh, mean yeah. the truck is not moving forward a fraction of an inch it's not moving backwards a fraction of an inch. So there's no rocking this. Cameron has gotten out and tried to push. We had someone else with us. He got out and tried to push along with Cameron. I mean, the truck is not budging. No, no it's done. And so I, I got out, got my phone, took a picture of the truck, sent it to, <laughs> sent it to Chip and John, who were in another part of Alaska hunting, and put something along the lines of, you know, I wish this GMC truck would actually go in the mud. <laughs> so they send a picture back of their vehicle on asphalt and, you know, something along the lines of we're stuck. I wish this, I can't even remember what kind of a vehicle they were in. I wish this, you know, such and such vehicle would go. And I was like, you know, I replied back. I was like, John, seriously. Your, your, your truck's truck, buried. Man. Your truck stuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to which it, uh, my phone immediately rang, and he's like, "You're full of." And I said, "No, dude, seriously, <laughs> see, seriously." He's like, "How's it stuck? You're on flat ground. I don't even see any water or mud." Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, so. I'm talking, we're pulling up to this slightly moist area of a field, and, you know, turtles are walking past us, blazing by us at the pace we're going. And <laughs> then the truck just sank in the mud. I mean, it, we were one hair above stopped at, at our pace, and the truck just sank. And so, obviously, it was just a wet spot, and there was with two men pushing, and you trying to, you know, floor it it wasn't moving i mean no and luckily the other guy with us was a local he got some two two good old boys i mean showed up in like six minutes i mean yeah. it, it was epic fast and they're just come flying through the field jump out they got a chain i mean they're it's like they were just sitting down the road waiting on you to get stuck exactly <laughs> and so they pull us out and you know, I don't. I think we went back, caught us a nap or something, because this all happened like 
noon, you know, one o'clock. It was it was early in the afternoon. And so we went back, caught a nap, and we're like, you know, we'll go back and look late afternoon, see what happens, you know. We, I'm trying to think. So we pulled up there early afternoon, I guess it was, like mid-afternoon, and a gobbler runs across the field and just lays down out in the tall grass. <laughs> But we didn't, well, no, a turkey, sorry. A turkey runs across the field and just lays down in the grass. And I was like, Andy, there, a turkey just laid down right there. And you were like, really? And so you kind of drove over there and we're like 20 yards. And all of a sudden, this huge gobbler jumps up and just runs back into the woods. Yeah. So we're like, hey, we're liking this spot. We went and cruised around again, checked. We had a couple other areas we could hunt, and we looked them over and decided quickly that that place where we'd been seeing the gobbler in that one field was our best bet. So we come back for the roosting portion of the evening, late afternoon, and pull up on top of the hill and park, and we're overlooking this super big bottom field. And like... I don't know, what do you think, like a 1,000 yards, 800 yards across the field? I mean, it was a long ways. Yeah, I'd say he was he was 800 the guy, yards. Yeah. 800? Yeah. So let's say 800 yards. We see a, a, a figure in the field, and I don't know which one of us said it first, but we're both like, is that a, is that a dude in the field? Yeah. You know, I'm just, this is kind of how the conversation went, so I'm going to play both parts, I guess. You know, is that, is that a guy in the field? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what he's doing. Is that, you think he's like mushroom hunting? Are those two buckets in his hands? Yeah. And then at this point, Andy pulls up his, like, what are they, Swarovski binoculars? Yep. Like, yep. Really nice binoculars. And I pull up my decent binoculars, and we're both looking through really good binoculars at this thing, and we're like, what is this guy with two buckets doing in the middle of this field? And he's just standing there. I think you're the one that said that. You're like, he's just standing yeah, he's just there. Standing there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, right before our eyes, it morphs into a gobbler breeding a hen. <laughs> and the two buckets were the white parts of the gobbler's wings out on both sides. And I have, I'll, I'll never, I promise you, I'll never forget that. Like, that's one of those memories that will stick with me forever. Because I would have wagered, I, I'm scared to know what I would have put on it, that that was a human being in the middle of the field with two buckets. Oh, with yeah. my binoculars. With your binoculars, yeah. And what it was was just a gobbler's back with his head kind of crouched but raised enough to where it looked like a human head. And then his two wings out looked just like two buckets. And it was moving, so it looked just like a human. <laughs> and so anyway, it's a gobbler who was breeding a hen before fly-up that night, you know, getting, getting things done before he goes to roost. And so we're watching him with the hen and he's just starts strutting all around her. And I think it was two hens out there, wasn't it? Another yep. one. Out. And he's strutting all around, all around, all around. And then you were like, Hey, there's another gobbler. And so it was at the base of the hill we were sitting on. Another Tom was strutting in the same field as the other gobbler, probably 500 yards apart. And they were pretty good ways. And he's strutting and the other gobbler strutting with the hens. And then the hens start coming closer and closer and closer. Anyway, they get pretty, you know, 100 yards apart. And the tom with the hens breaks and runs at the one strutting by the ditch below us. And which that was awesome to watch. He pushed mm -hmm. him right out of the field. I mean, the other gobbler, you know, stood his ground for a little while. I think he even he gobbled at him once. Yeah. He was running. And then he broke out of strut and was like, no, I've, I've done this before. I know how this turns out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so he vamped, left. The dominant gobbler went back to be with the hens. And we couldn't see the second gobbler because of the roll in the hill. We, we lost him because he kind of ran towards us. And so we didn't see him go anywhere. Like, we just lost contact with him. And we saw the... Dominant bird flew up. Well, we didn't see him fly up, but he went in the corner of that field right at fly up time. So we were confident he's right there, you know. And the other one, we didn't know if he went left to this other tree line or if he went into the woods right there below us and we just didn't see it because of the hill. And so we didn't really know where he went. 
And so it was your turn. So I said, well, look, we got two gobblers here. Do you, like, do you want to go for the dominant gobbler that we know pretty much right where he is? And you're like, yeah, I'll go kill him. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to start out over here. And whenever the second one gobbles, I'm going to go to him because I know where your bird is. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I know not to disturb this corner down here where you and the dominant Tom are. When the other one gobbles, I'm going after him. And you're like, cool, sounds like a great plan. So we went home, went to bed, got up the next morning, came back. There's, you know, plenty of time before daylight. And so you cut out towards the bottom. And I went to the very top of the hill, kind of where our truck was parked the evening before. And even went further up on top just to start listening. And when I got up there, I was, we were probably three quarters of a mile apart, maybe. I mean, we were pretty good space. And I I didn't think I would be able to hear your turkey gobble because of the way the topography was. And it it was actually really thick already. Oh, yeah. Which was strange to me. I thought it was going to be like winter in this certain province we were in. But I got up there and heard a turkey gobble straight in your direction but i could tell it's like that's not the gobbler andy's hunting this gobbler that just hit it is like a couple hundred yards and so i decided instead of hunting him from the field i was going to get in the woods with him and so i got in the woods worked my way down to him and then decision time hit and i've told this part of the story before on here i believe but as a mistake that I've made, I'm about 120 yards from where he's roosted is what I'm estimating. And it is so thick in this creek bottom where he is. It's two hillsides and a creek in the bottom. And he's roosted right over the creek. And I'm on the west hill. And so I slip in there and I'm looking around. I find a perfect tree and there's like a four-wheeler trail running straight to the gobbler's tree. It's three feet wide, maybe, you know, pretty, pretty narrow. And on both sides of the four-wheeler trail, it is probably waist high in just laurel and briars and thick crap. And I, I mean, you can't see through it. And so I'm sitting there and I think to myself, 110% think to myself before anything happened, I need to stand up behind this tree and kill him standing up in case he doesn't come down the four-wheeler trail. And I think that, and then he gobbles, and I'm like, nah, you know, he's he's not going to walk through all that thick crap. I'm just going to sit down right here and sit on this tree with my back against the tree, knees in front, just like classic old turkey hunt, aim my gun right down this four-wheeler trail and kill him when he comes down, you know. And so I talked myself out of it, so that's what I did. I sat down and pretty much 110% sold out for the fact that this gobbler is going to come down the four-wheeler trail. And... I sat down, and that's where we're going to pick up with about nine minutes of audio. A little bit of silence in there, but I'm going to play the whole clip because it's only nine minutes long. And hope you all enjoy it, and we'll talk about what happened after. Sweet.
So, judging by, what did you hear from the bottom of the hill? Well, what I heard was right about 10 minutes after fly-down time, I heard my hunt effectively end. (laughs) When the bird that I was hunting flew down onto the neighbor's property. He was roosted right on the property line. He could have flown my direction, which would have been the field we saw the birds in the night before, or he could have flown the other direction, which was a neighbor's field, and 50-50 chance, I'm on the losing side. Yeah, which is, you know, surprising, because typically, you know, if they come up out of one field, it's usual that they go back down into that field, but you were right, 50-50. These Alaskan turkeys are a little different, I believe. I mean, this was the two-bucket turkey, so... Yeah, yeah. And then, so, at that point, I'm just kind of sitting, hanging out, and you never know. There's birds in this area, so you never know if another bird's just going to come right back out into the field. So, you know, I'm just hanging out, kind of watching and listening, and I hear a shot, and then a little time goes by, I hear another shot, and then not much time goes by, I hear another shot. There's just a lot of shooting going. It it was a lot like opening day of dove season in Alabama. Yeah. A little bit of shooting going on. Oh, yeah. Letting them rip. So from my vantage point, as you're at the very beginning of the audio, as soon as I sat down, I called pretty hard to this turkey on the tree just because I wanted him to for sure know where I was with me being in the woods rather than being in the field. I didn't want him to go to the field. So I cut and yelped at him, and he, I mean, obliterates it right there so he's smoking it like two or three gobbles right off the bat at me so then i poured on a little bit of silence for a couple minutes called again and the second time i called to this turkey i see him come sailing out of the tree straight at me i mean as soon as i finished that second series of yelps he's here he comes i mean like the the red baron sailing through the trees (laughs) and here he comes straight at me i mean he was so ready to die he was so lonely. He'd been whooped by that other gobbler. I assume he could hear the other turkey gobble down by you, but he knew I was on the opposite side of Brutus, and he had a shot with me, you know, is what I assume. And so he comes sailing in, hits the ground right down the four-wheeler trail where he's supposed to, just over the little knoll. So I'm, you know, all right, cool. Check this state off, thinking about where to go tomorrow, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm looking down my sight, waiting, waiting, wondering where his head is and why I haven't shot yet. Catch a little movement out of the right side of my eye. Cut my eyes over. Big old long beard standing there about four yards from my tree, right to my right. He came through that laurel and briars and pops out on the four-wheeler trail with me. Like, I mean, it, we're the same height. You know, I'm sitting down. We're, we're just looking at each other beak to nose, you know. <laughs> and so I tried the ultimate desperation that I don't think is ever... Uh, it's worked for me one time where I outdrew a turkey, I think. And I tried to do the old swing and shoot. I swing... He's running back into the briars. I can't see him, so I stand up. I can see him. Boom, miss. He takes wing. Boom, miss. He's flying off. Boom, miss. Reload, run up. This part I don't even think's in the audio. Boom, miss again when he lit. So, <laughs> so I let it rip four times to start the day and was thoroughly disgusted. And come to find out the next day, we heard two turkeys gobbling in there again, so I think he survived. He wasn't roosted in the same spot, rightfully so, but I think he made it. So I shot out of shells, actually. I had four shells with me, I guess. I think I lost one with my slate call that's still sitting there, Yeah. which was an excellent Pollard's Nasty Gal. Beautiful sounding call. If you find one in some farmer's field in Alaska, it's probably mine. It's only been used like twice. So that's still sitting there. Figured that out after I missed four times and lost my other shell. So I have no bullets. I have no slate call or crystal call. And I'm pretty mad at this point. (laughs) And we've all been there. And I guess my process when this kind of thing happens is I get really angry. And then I get really sad almost. Like I'm down. I'm real depressing to be around. You know, I'm just Mr. Negative. And then... 
at some point, I usually can flip the switch and be like, all right, I'm going to channel this. I'm, I still have time to kill a turkey, you know. And your hunt didn't work out at the bottom. So we met up. I threw my hat around and told you depressing things and how sad I was. And sure, I was really fun to be around. And yeah. And so we decided our best shot, since I had just shot in there and screwed that all up, that probably should just go somewhere else. And we actually picked out a piece of public land in Alaska to test out. We'd never been on. And so we just decided, hey, you know, we got till noon. There was a, a noon shutoff here. And we had, what, two and a half hours still once everything was said and done. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Two, two and a half hours, something like that, by the time we got there, I guess. And so I said, look, I looked on the map. I said, you drop me here. You know, you're, you said, I'll go over here. We kind of split up. And so you drop me off. And I'm very motivated at this point. You know, I've, I've just had a turkey that was dead to rights, ready to go. Should have been easy peasy. I even thought about the fact that I needed to stand up to kill him and then went against my better judgment to sit down. And all that led to me missing the turkey. So I'm, I'm motivated. I need to find a, find a gobbler. And so you drop me off. I start working down this trail, calling nothing, calling nothing. Big mountain on my left side. I climb over it and went over to this other area that had no trails in it because I just kind of thought this would be overlooked on opening day. Maybe nobody's throwing a call in here today. Mm-hmm. And so I'm traipsing through there. I look at my phone it's 11 30 and i think all right i got 30 minutes and i gotta unload my gun and head out you know and try it again tomorrow but i was like there's i was maybe a half mile from the end of the public land border i thought you know what i can cover that in this last 30 minutes i'm gonna walk it to the end and then turn around i got like a couple mile hike back and so i think it was 11 40 i hit my call and i thought is that a gobble? I walked up another 10 yards, hit my call again. Immediate gobble, no doubt. Thought, holy crap, I got to do this fast. So I run down a down a creek, up the other side, onto this ridge, and exact repeat of the morning before. I am now in Mountain Laurel, or the same morning, that morning. I'm in Mountain Laurel with exact same amount of cover, and I call the turkey's gobble. So that's where I turn on this audio but i think to myself instead of standing or sitting if i kneel on one knee you know kind of like a football player in in the huddle that gives me just enough elevation where i should be able to see a turkey's head and neck coming through this thickness Mm -hmm. so that's what i did i kneel down and here's how that went for me this is pretty quick how this goes so we'll come back here in a second and discuss what happened
Bird down, baby. Redemption is so sweet. When Cameron says he was motivated, he was mad. There was just yeah. no motivation. He he was just flat PO'd. Yeah. I'm, I'm never going to kill another turkey again in my life. I hate this gun. I hate my camo. I hate these calls. I hate these shells. I want I hate, my call back. I hate you, <laughs> you know, talking to me. He just, he was just mad. And, you know, I think that probably the vast majority of us who have missed turkeys have felt that way. And so I'm not really judging him. But when he says he was motivated, he was mad. Yeah. And I knew that if he got a turkey to gobble over on this other piece of property, that turkey was probably in bad trouble. Yeah, I was, anger was motivating me for sure. And it, it's just, you know, I I was mostly, I've missed a lot of turkeys and I've missed some where I really like, it didn't upset me at all. Like I just pulled the shot and I knew it, you know, like that was the problem. The reason this one made me so angry is I beat myself in a situation I should have won the game and I rightfully did. I just made one key mistake and that was I sat down knowing that I needed to be above that thickness. Mm-hmm. And that just was eating me alive that morning of like, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. Because I only had two mornings to hunt this area. And then I was flying home. So 50% of my morning was mornings were gone, you know? Yeah. And I thought, you just missed your chance at, you know, you're going to probably have to come back to the state, you know, whatever it is, and, and, and do it again. But you could have had your turkey first 10 minutes of daylight if you just stood up you moron you know and i was just beating myself up but soon as that turkey gobbled at the other place at 11 40 forgot all about that morning you know game time i'm yeah. back in you know i threw an interception in the first quarter and coach took me out but hey i'm back in it's the fourth quarter and we got a minute to go yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's on and just an epic flash hunt. It was two gobblers. They came right up out of that creek. You heard me call at first. I hit them hard. They answered it. I went, laid a heavy dose of silence on them for about two and a half minutes. And then the next time I called, Pow! they were right there. And so I got ready, got my gun up. They came up, came, those heads came snaking through that laurel. I saw it. They were a little bit left of my gun. And then they popped out in a four-wheeler trail. I swung maybe a couple inches. You can hear me kind of shh right before the shot. The lead gobbler turned around to run away, and he was just straight up, head straight up in the air because he saw it, you know, his head's up looking, and I, I smoked him with Andy's shell. That's that he, right. So rightfully, TSS shell for me. You know, that was, that was all I had. You gave me two shells. Yep. <laughs> so... I, I had two shells from you, and I killed him with that. I still have that hole in my turkey room right now. Remember it, Bob. So thank you. I know you won TSS shell one day that hopefully you get to use in the same manner. Well, and, I hope that I don't miss first, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's under different circumstances for why I'm giving you a shell, but I do appreciate it. I put it to good use, and I was just thrilled. You know, went from peak to valley to peak again, and. Did it, looked at my clock, it was 11.50, did it with 10 minutes left on the clock that morning. And it's just another one of those cases where you just can't, if you have hours, minutes, seconds to hunt, and you can go, go. You never know what's going to happen. And who would have thought at 11.40 on a pretty warm day like that, after you've already missed a turkey, that you're going to get lucky enough on a place you've never been in your life to hit another one that's ready to go yeah but it happens so it's just another case of if you can go go the one thing that i know to be true about not just turkey hunting but all kinds of hunting is that if you don't go you will never know you'll never know and and i can promise you the guy who hunts more will kill more turkeys yes most you know under under similar circumstances hours in the woods equals turkeys in my opinion yeah i don't i i practice my calling i practice my woodsmanship everything else i can do but if i only went for an hour off the roost when they're gobbling really good every morning i would kill way less turkeys 
and you know had I that day just been pissed and said you know what just let's go eat breakfast and just take me back I'm gonna get some sleep like I'm I'm down and whatever I wouldn't have killed that bird and doubtful would have killed on that trip because the next day Chip showed up and missed the two bucket turkey (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then you and Chip ended up doubling the next day after 1130 yeah like with y'all killed with probably five minutes in in shooting time yeah that happened a couple of times to me on that trip where I mean it within five or ten minutes of legal hunting time being over squeezing the trigger so yeah you gotta hunt till the till the fat lady sings man sometimes it just works out right i'm going till my watch says noon and as long as i keep moving that hour hand back i have more time yeah (laughs) just don't tell anybody (laughs) no man look my watch says it's 11 50 still that's right Uh, but uh, i'm just joking there please don't call the authorities on me but not the alaskan the alaskan game wardens but two days in a row and do you do you have audio from y'all's hunt the next day i am pretty sure i do and we'll we'll have to maybe do that next week or something because it's just the perfect you know two days in a row a miss in the morning and then a kill with 10 minutes left in the in hunting time yeah that's great that is crazy yeah. And I feel bad for the guy that let us hunt his place because he has some extremely educated turkeys now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they have been shot at a few times. But I did hear, I believe it was the morning you and I were there when you missed, I heard a shot over on the neighbor's property. So, yes, you know, it's it wasn't just us. Those birds yeah, were, were getting hunted. <laughs> no, yeah, there was plenty of hunting pressure there it was not uh, the public land even there was a couple of folks out there and it, it definitely turkeys were getting hunted and at least on our end getting shot at and a couple of them happened to get hit <laughs> yeah so but it was awesome and i had a really fun time with you on that trip we had some gobbling man the first two mornings in one province we heard some unbelievable gobble audio that we'll have to play and then the second morning i was with you when chip missed the two bucket turkey and we had him come up right across the hill from us over there and man did he gobble yeah i mean me and you experienced some gobbling this year i hunted with you on what two trips and some of the gobbling we heard was just absurd oh yeah so it was awesome and i was pumped to get that state checked off and then I got to hunt with you the next day, and that was fun, you know, just getting to hunt with you. And, and then you and Chip got a double right there at the end at the closing bell, and that was and just... you found my phone? Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the 20 times you lost your phone. He's probably underestimating the number of times that I lost my phone. Yeah, the fact that you still had the same phone at the end of turkey season with just what I saw you losing it, blew my mind. I'll give you credit. You're really good at finding your phone. <laughs> and not by calling it or, you know, find my iPhone because you don't have an iPhone. None of that. You literally just get in the leaves and find it. I can backtrack pretty well. Very well. Because the last place we hunted this year, you lost it up on that hill, and we had almost walked all the way back before you re- I mean, you, you're, you're good at it, man. You find a phone. Yeah. You're also good at losing the phone, but at least you're also good at finding it. Yeah. And yeah. sadly, I'm not as good at finding misplaced pot calls as you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more difficult when you're, you know, maybe trying to maneuver through some briars and you've got your eye on a target, you know, yeah. at some distance in front of you. So as you yeah. rip three or four shots off at it. Right. But anyway, pretty cool stuff. Awesome hunt. Hope y'all enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't a terribly long amount of audio, but it was action-packed. I hope you enjoyed the story and promise you, if you had seen the two-bucket turkey, you too would have believed it was a man with two buckets. I have no doubt. I don't don't think that's wrong. I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, It was a dude with two buckets. 
I mean, there it was. And then it was a turkey. Yeah. It's just so, a transformer. That's all it was. Yeah. And, uh, and just an update for y'all, too, now that we've kind of wrapped up the hunt, I have, if you go back and listen, or if you have listened to our show on non-resident, the rise in non-resident turkey hunters that we did, Yeah. to follow up on that, I have had some people who've researched and I've researched and through email and stuff, we've confirmed Georgia has paid $23,000, I think it is, to an influencer. And Tennessee has paid $10,000 plus. And I have yet to confirm the plus because TWRA said they paid a portion, which was 10 grand. And our licensed vendor, which is Brandt, a company called Brandt was responsible for the rest. So I've been trying to contact Brandt because TWR didn't know what they had. So I've been kind of trying to contact them and having precisely zero luck on that deal. But I'm planning to continue trying to find out, you know, the total amounts. But just thought I'd follow up and let y'all know we figured out those two states. Also confirmed yet again that Arizona is paying an influencer multiple influencers for yeah. their deer hunting and from the first email we've received in alabama it looks like they are not paying influencers at least not the department of conservation and resources yeah so, so i reached out to them and have yet to hear back yeah but we got notice from someone from a listener of the show that he did get some or get an answer from the state of Alabama, and they stated that they have not paid any social media influencers to promote yeah. hunting in the state. Yeah, so take that what you will. I just wanted to, you know, I said on that show that I was going to continue monitoring this, and I, I don't plan to stop because, I, again, nothing against the influencers. No. Their job is to be influencers, and they're doing a heck of a good job of it, obviously. But the state's in my personal opinion, should not be doing this while they're restricting turkey hunting for their own residents and non-residents and reducing opportunity and the states know their populations are down and declining. So it's just a, a shame that 23 grand didn't go to you know, a research study or anything else that may could help turkeys <laughs> instead of promoting people to come shoot them in Georgia and then Tennessee still going to figure out the remainder of that. But that's where we are with that. I just thought I'd kind of give everybody an update on how those things have come along. Yeah. I've been posting about it on such. You guys listening to the show, you know, I just want to say this because I've seen some of the posts where some of you guys have, you know, I guess I hate to use the term gone after because that's a little too aggressive you know i don't believe that's a true description of what actually went down maybe i should say you asked or confronted the influencers that you suspect may have gotten paid and you know all i'm going to say is this there's no reason to be mad at these guys these influencers that you think may have gotten paid or maybe you know that have gotten paid from these states you need to be upset with your state and you need to reach out to your state. You know, if they want to pay influencers to promote hunting within the state, that's great. Let them promote deer hunting or elk hunting or dove hunting, predators, hogs, what have you. Yeah. But to promote an, hunting an animal that you know the population is declining and to use state dollars to do that, to me, it's a shame and it should be stopped. And that is why we need to go to our states and have these yeah. conversations with our states about this. Excellent. Excellent way to put it. I mean, I can't say it any better than that. It, the, the battles with the state, in my opinion. And like I told the lady who responded to me about TWRA, she was a little bit snippy. And like I told her, I said, hey, if we were at all-time highs of turkey populations or in a massively increasing population, bring on the influencers. You know, sure. fine. If there's turkeys everywhere and we need to manage the resource, you know, like by harvesting them or if they're available to be harvested more than they currently are, bring it on. It's just this isn't the time to do that. And 
we're fighting an uphill battle against the decline of turkeys already, and then they're going to throw this on there, and it's just fueling the flame, in my opinion. And the, the key to saving turkeys is not by getting more people to hunt them, in my opinion, in states where they're already in mass decline. Yeah. So it's it's just shame. It's a shame to me, at least, that this is even occurring at the state level. And that's that's where the argument ends for me. I, I have I haven't I've met a few of the influencers out there. They all seem like great guys. I think they're yeah. trying to earn a living like me and you. Yeah. And well, not like me and you. We're different occupations, but they're just trying to earn a living. They got offered money to come hunt. Pretty hard to pass that up. So yeah. I don't blame them. Like you said, it's it's with the states. It should never be offered in the first place. And I know I've had a ton of people reach out saying they have been inquiring, emailing their state officials about it. Good. Get involved. Talk over it with your state. Figure out what's going on. I think hunters, turkey hunters especially, need to be demanding to know where their money's being spent right now. Because we need this resource to not decline any more than it already has. Yeah. And we need to know where those dollars are going. In my view, what's happening with the states paying the influencers is a wrongful use of the dollars. Yeah. And, you know, this is a year where we've been getting some very good reports about brood numbers. Yes. And poult numbers. So this is an opportunity for us to get this downturn in the population turned around. You know, we had a good hatch a couple of years ago, and then, bam, here comes COVID. And everyone and their brother is in the woods. And so, you know, this is an opportunity to where we can, a good year this year with a hatch, a good winter up north, meaning, you know, not a brutal winter up north. And we get another year with a hatch like this, and we we could have a great population and be trending in the right direction. Remember, it doesn't take much to hurt the population of turkeys, and it really doesn't take a whole lot to help the population when it comes to numbers-wise and and having a good hatch. So this is a time when we need to reach out to, just like Cameron said, reach out to our states, our officials there, and let them know, hey, you know, we're all for our state making more money and using that money to help habitat management for different species and you know things like that but don't don't sell out our wild turkeys yeah and that's what i guess that's what upset me about the whole deal to start is because i felt like they sold out the turkey in tennessee especially with the videos i saw that were put out by very popular influencers that stated tennessee was their favorite state for easterns you know if you're if you want to travel to a state, come here. And if you're a resident here, you need to get out and shoot turkeys. That's not what needs to be said about Tennessee right now. Right. The turkeys are, are not doing well. I mean, I'm sure there's pockets where they are, just like every state, every place. But to do that to a state, and we went over the numbers in that non-resident, rising non-resident turkey hunters, 42% increase in harvest on public land last year. 45% increase in non-resident sales. To do that to an already declining population is, is not good. And that's yeah. at least one of the contributing factors is videos like that telling hundreds of thousands of people, hey, go hunt here, and people listen. Yeah, and so. you know, the offer's still open. If there's any influencers out there that want to come on and argue their side of this as to why and how the turkey benefits by them hotspotting states and hotspotting WMAs and hotspotting national forests, then by all means, you are welcome. That offer is open. It will stay open. And but, it's legit. Like we it, will 100% have you on. And nope. this is not this is not an opportunity for us to attack. <laughs> you know, we're going to have a conversation. That's all there is to it. But you, if you're going to come on, then you need to have the numbers in black and white to support your argument. Yeah. Yeah, I and, don't need theoretical ideas because I'm seeing real numbers on this end. Exactly, exactly. And so that offers there. Yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of hypotheticals and a lot of ifs and 
ands and buts, that argument's probably not going to hold a whole lot of water with the listeners. Yeah. Because they've heard the numbers. They've they it's hard and fast data that they the agencies themselves. We didn't yeah. make up any of it. So yeah. So if you want right. to go back listen to that episode, it's interesting. And that's what a lot of this is referring to. So it's a couple weeks ago, the rise in non-resident turkey hunting. Check that out and you'll learn more. We'll make the favor of the week this week will be to reach out to your state agency and check on where that money's going and what they're doing for the wild turkey. You know, any questions you have, contact your agency. They, they listen, I mean, to an extent, but they'll at least acknowledge it. And if enough voices are heard, they'll do something. Yeah. So that's the favor of the week this week. Yeah. Awesome. And if you're an influencer, favor of the week to you, come on the show and defend the position if you think we've slighted you or said something wrongful in any way. Because I, all we've done is present the data. I don't, y'all can attack the show if you want to or whatever, but we've just presented data to people that we think is pertinent to turkey hunting and could potentially be negatively impacting turkeys. And so we presented that to folks and they've taken it where they will. Yeah. If you want to come on, please do. And, you know, we've expressed opinions, our own opinions. And they're entitled players. Absolutely. And we're not, I'm going to tell you, I can't speak for Cameron, but I can tell you for for me myself, I like to think of myself as being a pretty open minded person. So if you present a strong enough argument, you, you know, I may change my opinion. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm all for whatever helps the wild turkey while also keeping hunting opportunities available to me, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, the best thing that can help the wild turkey is if nobody ever killed one. I don't want that, but I, I want the balance of I want wild turkeys flourishing while hunting opportunities still available. And if these people who, you know, this may offend or something want to come on here and defend how what they're doing is doing those two things i'm all ears and i'm open to it and if it really is helping i'm in i'll back you you know that, that's all i care about yeah well there's the favorite of the week <laughs> good enough good enough all right, so, all right man. wrap us up yeah let's wrap it up and get on with the week and you got me fired up about playing mine and chips jamaican Ooh. turkey hunt the double down in Jamaica after after the two bucket turkey got missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's you guys listening. I mean, you'll be amazed at when you look at the map at how close Jamaica really is to Alaska. I mean, we were able to hit both of those <laughs> states and provinces in this or territories in the same exact trip. So yeah, from the yeah. same location, we we slept in the same, same house. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.